Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What have I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you could be prepared for your tomorrow. Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get on course. Faith moves you to find where God is. Although, watch this now, it's not physically visible. Here's the natural, here's the thing that that we go through. We, we, We call ourselves living in faith, but what we do is we're using all natural standards. How many of you understand what I just said? For example, for example, I promise you that with this, the example I just gave, it's you. It's me. When something goes wrong, the first thing we do is, how can I, how can I handle this? What can I do? How is this going to go? I lost my job. We don't even say, where's God? We don't think about, listen, what did God say about this? That's looking for God. What? Where's the word of the, well, I don't know, have a scripture where I get my Bible. Now my Bible becomes valuable because this is documented truth. In the Bible, I want to find everything I'm supposed to see. He's given his angels charge over me to keep me on my way. Okay, good. So I get into trouble and hit, now I go out there and I say, watch this now. I don't see angels. So what do I do? That is where verbalization comes in. What I see does not line up with what God says. So apparently, now in my mind, I say, here's what we say. We say, if if I'm not living by faith, I say, you know what? I thought God said, and now look. He said, I'm a victorious person. I don't feel victorious. He says, sin does not have dominion over me, but I'm sinning all the time. The only reason you sin is because of what you believe. Now, let me show you something. It's going to help you. Suppose... It was the opposite. Suppose when you saw something that God didn't say, instead of criticizing God and the word and the church, what about you say, faith says, obviously, obviously, this situation doesn't know what God wants. Hmm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to verbalize to the situation what God wants. And so I say, watch this now, no man ever eat fruit of you again. I say, boy, I could preach right here. This, I begin to tell the situation what God said because obviously it didn't know. Because it knew, if it had known, it, it would have obeyed God. So, what, so my, the purpose of verbalizing, that's the first step in, in, in our meditation. I begin to speak the word of God out of my mouth and speak it. I'm, what I'm doing, I'm rooting this word in my heart. I'm speaking the word of God so that when I get into a situation... It changes my whole perspective. It's not like, you know, oh, well, I thought the world was going to work. I don't understand. I didn't get the job. I don't know what I'm going to No, 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 no. Here's what I said. Now, here's what's going to happen. Because the Lord said, okay, that whatever I put my hand to do will prosper, I'm going to find something to do. And this is going to change. I had an elder come to me years ago. He knocked on my door, came in my house. He had a look on his face of consternation. I said, brother, what's wrong with you? He grabbed me by the arm. He said, he said, I have colon cancer. I looked at him, it was a colon cancer. I said, not so. That's not true. I forbid you to have colon cancer. The Lord says there's no way you have colon cancer. And if you do have colon cancer, it got to go. 
that brother, he's, not, this is a, he's a man of God. He, he broke down and started to weep. And I want to know. I interrogated him. Are those, are those tears of belief or unbelief? I need to know. He said, I believe the word of the Lord. You're my man of God. I said, there you go. That's all we need. Now go back to the doctor and get a test. Amen. He goes in. Watch this. He goes in. They're about to put him on the wheel. We laughing. I mean, they, they knocked him out. He goes, we waited. We come. When they brought him out, no cancer. I told him, I said, you know what? And I, I rem- when I talked to him again, here's what I said. Just know that at that moment, whatever we had said, whatever we saw was going to be the real deal. Do you not know that your situation right now is just asking you, begging you to tell it, what does say the Lord? It just wants to know what God is saying. You don't believe me. Okay. Let me show you that faith is a law. Romans chapter 3. Glory to God. Look at verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. Underline that word, circle it, highlight it. Propitiation through faith. Through faith. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith. Whom God has set forth to be a... Pastor, I don't know what that word means. That's why I'm here. Have no fear. I'm here. That's what I'm called to do. Okay? Watch this now. God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness that he he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? Here's what he said. Everybody look up at me. He said, here's arrangement. He said, God has taken care of the problem. God has provided something for us. And then Paul asked, where's boasting then? In other words, how do we get it? He said, where's boasting then? By what law? He said, boasting is, is excluded. We can't boast. He said, but by, by what law? What law are we boasting in? Watch this now. He says, by the law of works. Everybody look at me. It's going to help you. He says, he says, God has worked something out that's accessible to us. He said, now he says, so you can't boast. He says, so where's boasting? And Paul says, boasting is excluded. No one can boast in this. He says, now here's a question. He says, is it, is it excluded because of the works of the law or, or the law of works? If I do good, then I get what God promised? Or he says, no, it's not, but it's excluded by, what, by the law of? So the question really is this. How do I get this propitiation that God promised me? By work, by working for it? He said, no, by, he said, by the law of faith. Faith is a law. Now, you, let me talk about propitiation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Say that with me. You, wait, wait a minute. How many of you know that by heart? The ones that know it's, it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, let me show you. I want to give you a history of this word propitiation. There's a word, um, the word propitiation is a huge word. There's another word, it's called expi- expiatory. 
<laughs> expiatory. If you study theology, you know what it means. When something is expiatory, when we expiate anything, we, we, it deals in sacrificial systems. It deals with sacrifice. So I want to show you what this is about in the Old Testament. Under the Old Testament, when a man sinned against God or woman, that according to Scripture, he died right then. He said, well, wait a minute. When a person sings, I ain't dead, I'm walking around. And God is like, oh, you're you dead, you just don't know it yet. Adam sinned and he died and lived hundreds of years after. God said, you're dead right now, you're dead. Everything about you is dead. Everything you touch is dead. Everything you have is dead. Everything that comes to you, anything that connects to you is dead because you sinned. But there's a system in place. And the system I have in place is if you get you your best lamb and bring it to the priest, the man of God, here's what's going to happen. When you, as a matter of fact, I'm, I need some, I'm, I'm, I could do it today. Okay. He said, you bring this lamb and you offer a sin offering. Well, see, what he's going to do is while you stand there confessing your sin with your hand on his head, I'll cut his throat. Take the blood, dash the blood against the side of the altar, throw the lamb up on the altar, and God will withhold judgment from you. But you're still dead. So in Israel's economy, now everybody remember what, what I take from you, okay? Remember what I take from you. Every time a person sinned, give it here. Remember which one is yours. God says, you did. You did. Okay. Okay. These folk did. Every time God would take that sin, with, and he holds it to himself, and he sits on his throne mad. And the more he thinks about your sin, the more he, the, listen, you're already dead, but he wants to speed up the day when you really die. He was so through with you. You have violated his holiness. You're saying that you are better than him. You're saying you're his God. He is, I told you what I wanted. You did what you wanted. I'm through with you. And God is holding on to your sin for an entire year. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest tied a rope around his waist, and he went into the Holy of Holies, and there's a lid on top of the Ark of the, Com of the Covenant called the Propitiation. It's where the mercy seat of God is, and the two angels, and God is, this is a replica of God's throne in heaven, and God sits in the middle of them, and he comes in and he takes, he had, he, out in the court, he had taken a lamb, he put his hand on it, and confessed all the sins of all the people in Israel cut his throat, put it on the altar, set it ablaze, got the blood, and he wanders into the Holy of Holies, and now he's sprinkling blood. And as he begins to sprinkle blood, God, something begins to happen. God begins to give people their lives back. Take yours off. He begins to give people, he's giving people their life back. Watch this. And they get their life back for a year. Make sure I can't give you this yours on top. Okay. Which one's yours? 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 Okay, make sure everybody get their, their own life. <laughs> Watch this. Now, let me, show you let me show you something. And after they did atonement, people celebrate. Guess what? God gave them their life back. But the moment they sinned, one time he started taking the big or small, he started taking the, and God is holding all this. He got their lives in his hand, and he's angry. It happened every year for thousands of years. 
God had already made a plan where he said, we can't keep doing this. And Jesus comes. Now watch this. Jesus goes to Gethsemane. And what he's struggling with is for all eternity, past and present and future, he's going to take the sins of everybody for all the years. And he knows the father. He says, the father is going to be so angry. I don't want to be on the business end of that wrath. And he's wrestling with God. He says, there's another way. And God says, this is the only way. And Jesus said, one time, God said, just one time. It's the only way. By the time he gets up off his knees in Gethsemane the third time, he is ready for this. Something is going to go down that's going to change. What, listen, from the rest of our history, never again will God be holding on to people's sin for a whole year. Taking their life from them. Because the wages of sin is still death. So Jesus goes down the Via del Rosso. He walks up to the way, of, the way of suffering. He gets to Golgotha's hill. And there he dies. And in the, in, in the, in the stupor of dying. In the stupor of dying. His, he, he, he probably goes out for a minute. He comes back and says, my, my God, why have you forsaken me? What's going on? He doesn't even know what's going on. He's, he's talking really out of his head. Because God has set, God can't even look at it. All oh, that sin. God can't even look at it. And what's going on is that the Bible says God made him propitiation. You know what it is? It is the gift given in sacrifice to redeem the person that should have died. And the propitiation is through your faith. It's not through works. And so here you are. Here you are. You sin against God. You say, oh, I want to volunteer in the church. Can I do something? I won't do anything. Why? You're trying to do penance. You're trying to buy God's favor back. And God says, works don't get it. By what law? Works, not works. God says, you can't work your way enough to appease my wrath. God said, it has to be by faith in the blood of Jesus. He died for you. Now watch this. Wait, wait, wait. I got to say this. We talk about the blood all the time. Do you know when you read this in the original text, the emphasis is not blood? Now I preach a wonderful message on the blood and thank God for the blood of Jesus. It's not the blood. I could give, I could donate blood. If all it takes to get me saved is blood, then take Jesus, take, take Jesus to the blood bank. It was his death. It was the paschal lamb. It was the slicing of the throat while the lamb stood there, buckled to his knees, and finally expired while the priest gathered the blood to dash against the altar, to burn the lamb to ashes so that the sinner could live again. And here's what he said. Here's what he said. All that I've done, my entire economy, my entire system to get you back to me, he says, hey, I'm going to tell you something right now. You can only access it through faith. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Art Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. 
pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Why, yeah! Have you subscribed to Hart Ramsey's Uplift? It's his national text message service where daily you can hear from the heart of God by way of the man of God, Pastor Hart Ramsey. To receive this daily encouragement, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Again, text the word UPLIFT to the number 334-310-4278. Uplift your spirit. Encourage your heart and empower your walk. Subscribe today to Heart Ramsey's Uplift. Stay connected with Pastor Heart Ramsey on social media Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Heart Ramsey. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. In the 20th century, we took faith and made it something that it wasn't. Faith became, faith became things and stuff and success and, 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 and name it, claim it, and it became all about materialistic things and, and it did nothing for our souls. But faith really, its main emphasis is right there. Is that I can access propitiation. I can access the finished work and say, you know what? It is mine. I don't see it. I don't feel like it. But God said it. So I'm going to say what he said. You say, well, why is my situation treating me like my situation is treating me? Because your situation needs to hear you say. I want to end right here. In, in, in the book of Ezekiel, the, out of all the stories, and I love prophecy. I love the book of Revelation. I love the book of Ezekiel. But there's a situation that happened. God took Ezekiel to, he took him by the lock of his hair, took him by the spiritual place called, in the Bible it's called the Valley of Dry Bones, but really it's the Valley of Hopelessness. And God showed him the, uh, a, a, a people in a, in a condition where they lost hope. They weren't expecting anything from God. They, you know, when you, listen, when you stop expecting God to do the miraculous in your life, you know what you call that? Unbelief is a lack of faith. The value of hopelessness. If Israel had lost hope, how do you fix a situation that looks so desperate that when God gives you a picture to, to relate it to, he shows you not just dead folk, but folk who were dead and their bones, let me give you the real picture, they were in a valley where they had lost a battle. Anybody ever lost a battle? And the birds and the vultures had come and picked limbs apart and went to their own direction to eat. So it stands to reason your arm is over there, your leg is over there, your, your eyeball is somewhere else. And some vulture somewhere. That's the picture that God showed Ezekiel. And God asked this question. You know the story, right? He said, go to Ezekiel 37. He says, son of man, tell me, can these bones live? See, in the traditional church, this is where, you, where the B three players sliding, sliding onto the bench right now. The drummer's getting behind the drum because something's about to go down. I know I used to play B three in the church, in the Pentecostal church, and everything he said was on key. We were getting his key. He do the first time he do it. Well, he's just doing it to tune us up, so we know where he is. When he said, "Well, we are going to get here, right there, right there, right there." But in our fear that in all of our preaching of this, we missed the point. 
on the one side, God has spoken. Look what he said about us. He said, he said the, Jesus Christ was given to be the propitiation, the, the, the substitute for you, the one ordained to get you your life back. All of your life. Everybody say, all of my life. Even the part you squandered with a bad decision. Even the part you, you, you didn't think was worth. Now you too, you're older, you look back and you say, oh my God, I wish I had. And God said, I could get it back for you. Yeah. Everything, the palmer worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar, has taken, I can get it back for you. Yeah. What do you need from me? Works? No, I don't need works. I need faith. I need you to believe me when I say it. But it doesn't stop there. If, if faith is just believing, the Bible says even the devils believe and tremble. The difference, you know, let me tell you something. In the Bible, you're going to see the of terminology that, that suggests acts of obedience and acts of faith. There's a difference. Anybody want to know what the difference is? Only 10 of you? Acts of, watch this. Acts of, okay. In Scripture, there's specific things that God tells us to do. When you do the specific bidding of God, it's called an act of obedience. It's faith. But God told you exactly what to do. So for you to do it is just obedience, and that qualifies as faith. Obedience is faith. Disobedience is unbelief. Every time you disobey God is because you didn't believe him. Now watch this. But an act of faith is different. An act of faith, for example, is God says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He didn't tell you which wife. So now you have to, now you're looking for a wife, you know God says it's his will, you know everything that's attached to it, but you don't know which one. When you zero, you're praying and asking the Lord to help you when you zero in on one, to marry her is an act of faith. Because God didn't specifically tell you to do it. It's not a command. So if you if you leave her, it's called breaking faith. You see what I'm saying? Our whole lives are built around faith. How much of what we do is based upon things we've never seen, only heard? You only, you're, you're here right now, never seen heaven or hell. There are documentaries on television now saying they don't exist. That, they, that hell was birthed from men's fears. But how many of you, watch up, look around the building. How many of you know, you know in your knower, in your knower, that there is a heaven and a hell? You know it. That's faith. The way you are convinced of that, the thing you believe in God for right now, you got to be convinced the same way. My child and left home cutting a fool, but God said he will restore it, and I'm going to hold him to it. I can't die before it happens. I'm going to live long enough to experience it. And when you, Lord, when you start talking like that, God says, oh, watch it. The same way in worship when God was dancing with you, Psalm 149 says that God just gets a kick out of us playing. He dances with you. Now it's on when you start telling your situation what God is going to do. If I can't prove it to you, I'm wrong. I have never appreciated the grace of God as much as I do now. Mercy and grace. My faith has to put a demand on the things that God promised me so that my consistency will qualify me for the reward. I can't keep backsliding on my purpose. You got it? Can't, every time, so I got I to gotta stay focused. I got to go after what God says. It's not based upon what people do or don't do. It's based on what, what God promised me. You got, to lock, you, you got to lock in on this thing. 
It's not based on what they say when you go to start with a say. No, what did God say? And you don't just believe it, you say it. You demand it. You declare it. Watch this. Ezekiel 37. Somewhere in my Bible. Lord, I'm, I'm all over the place. Help a brother out. Okay. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Where we be? Where we be? There you go. Ezekiel 37. Look with me at verse 1 initially. And then we'll go down. Put it up there because I passed it slow. Okay, there you go. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. Set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. Now, um, well, verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, watch this. Prophesy unto these bones and say unto them. Now, you know the story, so let me just give you some word or study information. The word prophesy, it means to communicate a message that God has spoken, period. It says nothing about speaking the future. It's about communicating what God said. So if we take that definition of prophecy or prophesying and insert it into the verse, here's what he says. Here's the question. Son of man, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, communicate to these bones what I told you about them. The argument could have been, they can't hear. But the, the prophet, this being his vocation, he understood exactly what God was doing. So he said, watch this now. So I what? I prophesied. Oh, I'm sorry, look at verse... Uh, where am I? Verse 4. He said unto me, said unto me, prophesy unto these bones, and said unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay the same news upon you, and bring you up, bring upon you flesh, and cover your skin, put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So, verse 7, this is where I was going. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So I, watch this now, I communicated to them what God had told me about them. I told them what God told me. I told them what God told me. I told them what God told me. Because God didn't tell my doctor. He told me. God didn't tell my lawyer. He told me. It's in the word. And, the, and what he told me to do is to say to them what he said to me. Pastor, well, I want God to tell them. No, you got to tell them. And the more you tell them, the more you're going to believe it. And one day when it comes out of your mouth. I've heard people say, he says that all the time, but this time when he said it, I believed him. You ever heard that? Because it came from another part of his anatomy. It came out of his heart. I communicated to the situation. And as I communicated to the situation, what God told me to say, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And bones came together. Bone to bone. All I did was tell them what God said. And, when, and I, when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them. The skin covered them above, and there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. Not just now, everything came together, but there's no breath. How do we get breath into this thing? It's formed, but it's lifeless. It's formed. 
Everything is in place, but there's no spirit in it. There's no life in it. Pastor, what do we do? Well, how, do you get, how did you get it to form? You got it to form by telling it what the Lord told you. Well, here's what he said. He said, verse 8, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. In your margin of your Bible, it says breath, right? He said, there's no breath in them. What you, what you need, breath? God, God asked Ezekiel, what you need, breath? He said, well, how do you get breath? Speak to it. Turn to the breath and said, breath. Come this way, I need you here. What is it that you need that is not where you are? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. What do you need right now, but that's not where you are? It's somewhere, but it ain't here. How do I get it to this place to fill this form? You know how you get it? You speak to it. You tell exactly what God said. The Lord said that this thing's going to live. Come on over here. You got to tell it what God says. I was laying up in my bed. I was sick from a cold and I was tired. I said, Lord, you know what? And it's just when you get tired and discouraged, you start getting all kind of crazy letters from folk. <laughs> Ain't no miracles happening at NCC. I'm tired of hearing teaching. And I'm doing all I can to just live. And I said in my heart, you said, you said, why am I wasting my life? And God began to deal with my heart. And what I'm teaching you now is what he said to me. He said, open your mouth, boy, and declare the end from the beginning. What did I tell you? The only reason your situation is doing what it's doing because you didn't tell it what God told you. Watch this. So, so oh, Lord. So something happened to you when you were young that you said, it just ruined my life. Who told you that? He said, I, re I will redeem your life from destruction. So, Pastor, you don't know what I did. I did something, I messed around, I got sick. Psalm 107, verse 17 says, Fools, because of their iniquity, are afflicted. But they cried unto the Lord, and he sent his word and healed them. What do you say about it? Who told you your life was ruined? You're saying that with God's. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Hart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website at nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. You can follow Pastor Hart on social media at Hart Ramsey on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can follow our church on Twitter at NCC Family, on Instagram at Northview Christian Church, and on Facebook by searching for Northview Christian Church. Be sure to join us next time as we dive into God's Word and get on course with Hart Ramsey.